Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We want to be a place where you can own your faith and take next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe your next step is to seek out a community and join a movement group. Maybe it's supporting movement financially for the first time or using your gifts on a volunteer team. Whatever God is calling you to do, our prayer is that you will step out in faith and let Him lead you. For more information about your next step, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Don already uh, made the joke there. Not sure if it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, I like to think of this as just a week that I wore sweatpants way too much and and ate way too much, like a good American, he said. So I uh, appreciate everyone getting out of bed and being people that are are actually here today and uh, and motivated. And Don also reminded us uh, of our vision. We say that uh, every week you'll hear us say that we're a movement of people finding their way back to God. And we we mean that and we're excited about that. I want to just take a moment and, and remind us little bit of what that means. The word movement means intentional and contagious. And so that's what we want to be with the love of Jesus. That's what we want to be with the gospel. We chose that word because we want to see an impact made uh, in our community. And we get together every week and, and, and worship here in our, in our series, in our, our services like this, uh, because we know that this matters. We trust that God uses this to grow us and to disciple us. And so I want to just say thanks for, uh, for making it a priority to, to be here. Uh, but, but what we do doesn't just stop here on Sundays, we have uh, 17 movement groups that meet kind of all over the city, all over the west side, uh, where people are able to connect, people are able to find family and biblical community, and we love that uh, so much. And we also have opportunities for, for people to serve. We believe that God has created all of us with a purpose, that he's given us gifts that we can use to honor him. And so we have some different volunteer teams from First Impressions to the, the team that set this up this morning and made it look like Christmas up here, uh, to the people that are serving in movement kids. And we know and, and trust that we're blessed when we partner uh, with, with God in, in his mission. And, and so I know sometimes it's, it's hard to, to wake up. Sometimes it's excited to be about, it's, it's tough to be excited about serving. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we, we, we think it's awesome to extend uh, that opportunity to people to, to partner with God in what he's doing. And so thanks for those of you that, uh, that do that. And I've said this before. I don't want this to, to sound shallow, but I want you to know that, that I love you and that Movement Church loves you. And uh, what I mean by that is, is we try to maintain a, a simple church philosophy. We try not to have a, a lot of things to fill your day and fill your week, uh, but we want to, to be intentional about the ecosystem that we build that can help you live on mission and, and see our vision happen. And so we want to design a place that, that's going to uh, point you toward what, what God wants for you and his best for you. And so I just wanted to uh, remind us that uh, as we get started, uh, Don mentioned we've been in this series called Made for More. We've been going through the book of Ephesians. We're in, uh, we're in week five. We've gone through four weeks in the first four chapters. And we've said that, that Jesus has designed us to live on mission with the gospel, to live on mission in the church. Uh, but sometimes, like many missions over, over a, a time, a period of time, we can drift from that. And so we've been going through this series looking at the, the six shifts that we think are, are necessary for us to continually self-audit and look at as believers. And so we've talked uh, in week one about going from more effort to more Jesus. Week two, from more independence to more unity. Week three, we talked about being more full to go, going from being more full of ourselves to more full of God. And last week, from more hierarchy to more missionaries. And so this week we want to uh, uh, touch at the end of uh, chapter four and jump into chapter five. And there's kind of a, a shift that's taking place uh, in the book of Ephesians. If you don't know, the first three chapters kind of give a, a description of, of God's grace and our salvation and what we have 
in, in life with Jesus. And then these last couple chapters give an explanation of what our response should be. They're not telling us what to do, but they're just saying that when we understand who Jesus is and we understand what he's done for us, worship and obedience is kind of the natural response. And so constantly in these last couple chapters, these next couple weeks, you're going you're to hear us talking about this concept of what does it mean because of what Jesus has done to walk with him? What does it mean when we understand what he's done in our lives to walk in a manner worthy of, of what Jesus has done and the way that he's given his life? And so today, the, the shift that we want to talk about is from more programs to more mission fields. And it's a, a key concept in this book, the first thing that we have to do is to understand that a, a program is, is something that you attend and participate in, right? Maybe, maybe you were uh, someone that, that did youth sports growing up. Maybe you were someone that did 4-H. Maybe you were in the Future Farmers of America, if you're from the certain part of Ohio that has that, like this guy, right? Maybe, maybe you're just participated in different things, but that's a programming, something that you would go to and something that you would participate in. But a, a mission field is a place where you live. A mission field is a place where you are planted. And so the question that we want to answer today is how are we all called to live our lives day by day and moment by moment in the mission fields that we're in? And so I want to invite you to uh, open your Bible there if you brought one this morning. If not, there's one under your chair, one on the floor there. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. We're going to jump into chapter 5 after that, but it's on page 897 if you've got one of those Bibles there, page 897. We're going to be at the end of Ephesians 4 and into Chapter 5, Ephesians 4.21, as we talk about how we're called to live our lives day by day, moment by moment, with the mission that God has put in front of us. Ephesians 4.21, page 897, says this. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Chapter five, verse one, we'll keep going here. It says this, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. These verses, as we, as we read them, they're kind of setting this, this, uh, this setup here of positive, negative statements. It's kind of saying, hey, you might be tempted to act like this, act like this. Maybe sometimes you will act like this, but the goal is to act like this. Maybe in your former life, pre-Jesus, you would have done something like this. But remember, this is who you're called to be, and this is who you need to be now. And so it kind of sets these statements against each other there. Verse 25 kind of said, stop telling lies or, or tell the truth because we're members of one body, the body of Christ. It said, don't sin in anger so that the devil doesn't get a foothold. Verse 28 said, stop stealing and work so that you have something to share. And then verse 29 said, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, 
but say things that benefit others. And so it's painting this picture of this is what a life looks like that, that isn't pursuing God, that isn't imitating God, and this is what it looks like to honor God with your life. Now, we're not going to ask which one of those camps you were in over Thanksgiving when you were around family, because I think we all know what it's like to be around family, but hopefully some of us are convicted today. Just as we hear this list and we think about these things, this is who we can be when we're not walking with the Spirit. This is who we can be when we're not imitating God. This is who we can be when we're making a willful choice to honor him with our lives. That list continues on down in verse 31, where we're told to remove these harsh traits and forgive people as God has forgiven us. It also says to stop imitating the world and imitate God as his dearly loved children. It also says stop living for yourselves and live a life as Christ loved us. And these first four are kind of talking about what does it look like for us to live for the sake of community. And the last three are telling us what does it look like to choose this way of life because it's how God has treated us. It's what he's called us to. And yeah, there's a list, and yeah, we're looking at it, and we're thinking like, okay, there's some good things, and there's some bad things, but I don't want us to gloss over this this morning, because this is huge. In fact, it's so huge, it's so foundational, that maybe you've heard this talked about, maybe you've seen this talked about, and so sometimes we just think like, yeah, that's what good Christians do, because we say it this way, yeah, we're called to love God and love people, right? Yeah, try to be, try to be a good Christian and love God and love people but this isn't something that we should just gloss over. It's saying live a life that encompasses the call, completely embodies the call of what Jesus has called you to. When Jesus came into your life and changed your life and changed your trajectory and changed everything, you're now called to live a life worthy of that, to live a life that encompasses the call to love God and love people. And don't let that just be reduced to a little Christian bumper sticker or something that you say or something that you tweet out today and say, Oh, we talked about loving God and loving people. Isn't that great? No, no, this is a huge deal because Jesus gave his life for us. Jesus has changed our lives. Jesus has changed the trajectory of our lives. And so we're called to live a life worthy of that, of this huge, huge call to love God and love people. Let's go back to Ephesians 5.1. It says this again. We'll read it. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. This is not a list or a bunch of lists that are being named so that we can be religious good kids, right? Hey, mom's watching. If you want Christmas presents, don't lie or don't hit your brother. God's watching, so don't do this. Try not to act like you're, like you're a bad person. Act really good. Act fake. No, no, this list and these things are giving us examples of, of, of ways that we've been changed. You used to do this. You're not that person anymore. You used to think like this. You're not that person anymore. You used to have these tendencies or these habits. You're not that person anymore because Jesus has changed you. Jesus has transformed you. And you're called to love God and love people, and you're different. You ever have a friend that breaks up with their ex, and then next thing you know, they're like, hey, did I tell you we're back together? And you're like, no, no, we talked about this. 
you said you were done with them. And then they bring the ex around and like, hey, heard you didn't like me and told him to break up with me. And you're like, no, I didn't, I didn't say that. I would never say that. I think you guys are great together, right? This is just Paul's version of that. He's saying, you're, you're, not, that, you're not that person anymore. You don't have to go back to your ex. You don't have to go back to that life of sin because Jesus has called you out of that. Yeah, you might have some tendencies. You might have some habits. You might want to revert to your old sinful nature, but you're not that person anymore. You're different. You're called forward. You're not, you're not avoiding these things just because there's this list. Here's some ways that you can feel religious or feel good or act better than other people. He's saying, Jesus has changed you and you are an adopted child of God. You have a new DNA and so act like the DNA of your father. Imitate God with your life. Don't go back to your ex. Don't go back to that other way of life. Move forward and be like your dad. Be the changed person that you are. And we see these positive and negative statements being built on there, all these different things that we should avoid, all of these things that we can, we can run toward. We're told to avoid some, some sins and just live as children of light. Verse six says this, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you've light from the Lord. So live as people of light for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, Rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See, in our previous life, in our previous sins, in our previous ways that we were backsliding and lost in sin, we were, we were just wandering around looking for hope, looking for something to do, and we've been changed. Jesus has called us into the light. Jesus has given us light. And so this passage is saying that we don't have to be fooled anymore, but we can take this light everywhere we go. We don't have to make excuses. We can take this light everywhere we go and we don't have to say, oh, I wish I could just change. You can live to please the Lord and take this light everywhere you go. I got to take my sons camping this last summer and we'd been camping before, but not since they could really remember it and not on a manly trip. We didn't take the girls. And so they really felt like this was a huge deal. And, and we went to a campground where there was still a bathroom and a pool. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but don't tell them that, right? And at, at night, I was looking for these ways that we could make this a, a big deal. And, and so they said, hey, dad, we have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, go ahead and go. And they're like, well, there's darkness out there, you know? And I was like, yep, you, uh, you got a light. And they're like, no, we don't. And I was like, okay, well, our good friend Steve Jobs gave me one. So here you go, guys. Here's, here's my phone. Are you going to come with us? Nope. No, you got the light. Right? They wanted, they wanted to make excuses. And I'm like, yeah, you don't have an excuse. You got the light. Whatever you think you're afraid of out there, there's, it's not darkness. It's, there's, a, there's a light. What if, what if there's raccoons? Yeah, they'll, they'll run away from you. They don't, they don't like people. They're not going to attack you. You'll have a light. You're good. There's no excuses, there's no circumstances, there's nothing you can say. You've got light, you're equipped, you're together, you've got each other. I'll be here if you really need me. If like aliens come or something, just come and find me. I'm, I'm here, but go ahead and, and do your thing. And they, they looked at me like, 
you're the worst dad ever, but we really have to pee. So, okay, here we go, right? They, they had that moment and I just thought, hey, you've got everything you need. I'm your dad, set it up for you. You got a light? I can see the bathroom from here. It's got a light once you get there. I think there's a paved trail part of the way. It's gonna be okay, guys. But we like to make excuses, don't we? We like to think like, well, I'm in this terrible situation and I can't do what I've been called to do. And they, and they wanted to slip back, right? I was telling them, I was like, you guys are men. You're nine and you're 11 now. And they're like, no, mentally we're four and we're six and we're scared, dad. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're nine and you're 11 and you're men, right? I'm trying to tell them they're different and things have changed and I'm trying to tell them they've got this DNA and apparently they're looking at me and they're like, that's the problem. We have your DNA, but, but you don't have that problem, right? Because you have the DNA of your heavenly father. And so when he says you can do this, you're equipped, you're ready to go. You've got the light. You can trust him because I followed them to the bathroom and waited till they got up there. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And, and tried to scare him a lot. And your, your, your heavenly father's not a terrible dad like me, right? He's equipped you and given you everything you need and given you the light. And he said, you're changed. You're different. You don't have to make excuses. You don't have to worry anymore. You're called to live as light. So imitate your heavenly father, live in your DNA, leave that sin behind and go live the life you've been called to live on mission. Don't be fooled. Don't make excuses. Live to please the Lord and take light everywhere you go. You and I are not light. We were trapped in these old lives with, with sin. But Jesus came and said, listen, I'm going to give my life to pay the price for your sin, to remove that sin from your life. And when you trust in me, I'm calling you out of that. I'm calling you into something new. And you can now take that light, the light of Jesus, the gospel, everywhere you go. This was a huge, major shift to the people that were reading this because the gospel was going out into the world and the gospel was new and the gospel was changing lives and changing people. And they didn't know if they were ready for this. They didn't know if they could do this. They didn't know if they, didn't know if they had what it, what it took, but what they knew was what their heavenly father was telling them and what Paul was assuring them that you have this light in you. So take this light everywhere you go and you'll have confidence and it will change things and it will change your perspective and it will change the way you look at the world. And this light, not you, but this light, the gospel, the knowledge of Jesus will change people. So verse 15 says this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So verses 15 to 21 there kind of summarize things and tell us what it's like to, to live on target to live on mission for Jesus. When we've rejected these negative statements and we've realized that we don't have this DNA anymore and we're called forward, we're called to be different people, we're called to be changed and transformed people and embody this call of living for Jesus, we can let the gospel encompass everything that we do as we love God and love people and let it change us. And we're told this, that we should make the most of every opportunity and live controlled by the Holy Spirit. 
If you're like, okay, I'm not supposed to do bad things, I'm supposed to do good things, and I've got a light, but where, where am I going? Well, this is, this is what Paul is assuring these people. He's saying, make the most of every opportunity and live controlled by the Holy Spirit. What, is, what does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm assuming when we think of, of these sins and the ways that we've lived and the things that we've let define us, we know that there have been moments we've been controlled by other things, right? There have been moments that we've been controlled by power. We've been controlled by money. We've been controlled by achievement. When I get my master's, everything will be different. The world will bow down to me, right? When I get that promotion, when I get that raise, We've been controlled by, by lust, by, by sex, by so many things. My second son had a birthday this last week, and when he gets money, he's controlled by it. So I have a little secret. He gets cash. I let him have that. But when there's checks, I just put them straight in his college account. Don't even tell him about them because it's too much. He can't handle it, right? But he's, he's just so controlled by money. It's, it's a... We could call it discipleship, but I don't know if it's that mature, right? We have these conversations every time he gets like a $10 bill and he's like, dad, we've got to go to Walmart. I need to buy Pokemon cards right now. And I'm like, really, buddy? Right now at 8.40 on a Thursday? Like, he's like, yes, I need to buy Pokemon cards right now. And sometimes we give in and we're like, okay, it's your money, all right. Here we go. But he's, he's owned by that and it's all he wants. It's all he knows. We've been controlled by some of those things, right? We're, we're judging that. We're like, oh, Pokemon cards. I can't believe he lets his kids see those. We're better than that. I'm not some kid, right? And we have the exact same thing. We're controlled by, by the NFL or by Sunday ticket or we're controlled by our raise or we're controlled by our job or people wanting people to, to love us. But we're controlled by all these things and Sometimes we're not controlled by the Holy Spirit. See, when you've been changed, when you've surrendered your life to Jesus, and when you're imitating your heavenly father and you're leaving that life behind, Jesus didn't just say, hey, good luck. Here's a light. Figure it out. I don't know. He said, no, no, I'm giving you a piece of myself. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to walk with you, to walk in darkness. When you don't know what to do, you have the Holy Spirit. When you don't know what to say, you have the Holy Spirit. When your nature and your decision-making is not enough, Let the Holy Spirit control you. The Holy Spirit is with you. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, and so you're not alone. And so when are we sinning? When are we turning our back on God? When we're not living a life that's controlled by the Holy Spirit. This is a passage that people take out of context all the time, but it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not picking on being drunk any more than it is any other time that you're not controlled by the Holy Spirit. Why does scripture say that we shouldn't be drunk? Because when you're drunk, you know what you're controlled by? Whatever you drank. And poor decision-making and poor thoughts. But that's not a sin because, oh, alcohol is just bad. The reason that that is bad is because you're not controlled by the Holy Spirit. So drinking and being drunk is no different than being, being controlled or being drunk on sex or being controlled and drunk on power or being controlled and drunk on Pokemon cards or money or achievement or getting that master's degree or, or one more achievement, some way that you're trying to impress people. When we're living a life that's controlled by our old self and our old nature and our old decision-making and our old activities, that's when we're wrong. That's when we don't have our eyes on Jesus. And so we're supposed to live a life that's imitating our heavenly father, that's in step with our heavenly father, that's controlled by the Holy Spirit. And we're supposed to make 
the most of every opportunity. What does it look like to make the most of every opportunity? We've kind of already talked about that. We need to live a life that encompasses this call to to love God and love people. If you're finding yourselves in opportunities and you're thinking like, yeah, I could glorify God. Yeah, I could run after God. Or I could do this. This is what I used to do. This is what I like. This is what's comfortable. You're probably not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. If you're having opportunities to love people and you're like, oh, people are so difficult. Yeah, yeah, they are. Imagine being Jesus who gave his life for people that he knew were gonna spit in his face and continue to mess up and continue to sin and continue to be controlled by all these other things, but still loving them, still pouring your life out for them. So don't be fooled. Don't make excuses. Take light to the world. Live light in this world and make the most of every opportunity. I'm done reading lists, I promise. You were probably convicted after we talked about like 40 sins. You're like, okay, Mark, I get it. I had a really bad Thursday. I I feel terrible. Welcome to my life. I read that list for two weeks getting ready for this and you just feel like a bad person. I know how lists are. But the point of today was not shame because when we realize that Jesus has given his life for us and we're called to be different, we can step out of that previous life. We can step out of those sins and we can be different. We make excuses. We say, yeah, but that's kind of where I naturally go. Yeah, I know. That's why Jesus has changed you. Yeah, but I, I, I sometimes I just revert back to that. Yeah, that's why Jesus has given you the Holy Spirit so that you can have someone that will walk with you. And yeah, but sometimes I don't know where I'm going and it's dark and I'm not a Bible scholar. Yeah, that's why Jesus gave you the light. You can see where you're going. You can see where you're walking. What does it look like for us to live on mission and make the most of this life that we have and love God and love people and make the most of every opportunity? We already said the shift that needs to take place and it's from more programs to more mission fields. See, we need to view the places that we are as a mission field. I'm gonna be honest. The reason that I talked about the fact that we have a simple church philosophy, I don't think that we need one more Bible study or one more thing. And I don't say that to speak poorly of the study of God's word because we know that it changes us. But in my opinion, most American Christians do not lack knowledge. They lack action. All of the, the, the lists and the sins and things that we name, most people are not thinking, huh, sexual immorality and drunkenness. <laughs> Nobody ever told me that's bad. I've never, I've never heard of anyone getting into trouble when they did those things. That's crazy. And now all of a sudden you're telling me those are sins. No, usually we just don't know how to, to live on mission. And the reality is the places that God has placed you in your neighborhood, in your apartment, your dorm, in the hall that you live on, in your job, in your cubicle, in your department, in the floor that you're on, the people that you're a landlord for, the the people that report to you, the people that you report to, all of the people that you're interacting with, all of the people in your circle, everyone that you get to talk to, everyone that gets to see your life and how it's been changed, and everyone who gets to see the light that's in you, and everyone who gets to interact with the light that's in you, that is your mission field. And so what does it look like for us to live on mission? What does it look like for us to be imitators of God? What does it look like for us to be people who are transformed and changed and live as light everywhere we go and stop making excuses? 
we need to realize that the places we go and the places that we're called to are mission fields. Everywhere you go is a place that God wants you to be and a place that God wants you to have impact and a place that God wants to change and transform. And you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be enough. You have to look to the Holy Spirit and live a life controlled by the Holy Spirit. And you have to take the light of Jesus into those spaces. So we don't need another program. We don't need to start Christian basketball here. Because when you play basketball, you have the light of Jesus. And when you go to the PTO, you have the light of Jesus. And when you go to that hall meeting because people are flushing weird things down the toilet and they have to talk to everyone on your hall, guess who has the light of Jesus? Not the person who flushed something down the toilet, but you, right? Everywhere you go, you have the light of Jesus. When you're filling out your expense report, you have the light of Jesus, and that's a mission field. When you're at that company Christmas party and you're tempted to do these things, but you're realizing that you you should probably imitate God and do these things, you're representing the light of Jesus. And that company Christmas party is your mission field. And when you're in your cubicle on a Thursday at four and you don't really like your life, you have the light of Jesus and that is your mission field. The problem is not that, that we say, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to imitate God, but we often think that we're not given this mission. We often think that we're not called to live out transformation and live out the light of the gospel, and we are. And everywhere that you've been placed is an opportunity. And so we have to make that tweak to our mindset. When I'm at work, that's my mission field. When I'm interacting in my neighborhood and that kid next door comes over and I don't like that kid or his parents, that's your mission field. When you're talking to your coworker who you think kind of wants to be your boss and things are awkward, that's your mission field. Everywhere you go as a child of God, as a transformed child of God is a mission field and you get to live light. So I want to just ask us today, what has been your mindset as you've lived this mission? Have you said, I'm going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be, I'm going to be different and I'm going to show the world this light. Or have you said, yeah, I have a job. Yeah, I have a house. Yeah, I got some people I know, but I just tolerate them until I can get home. And these are just places I go and things I do. Because that's your mission field. That's where you're called to do ministry. That's where you're called to represent Jesus. And so I wanna just ask us this morning if we can kind of commission ourselves. We talked last week that we need to view ourselves as missionaries. Well, if you're a missionary, the place that you go is your mission field. So do you view the things that you do day in and day out as a mission field? Do you, do you feel like you're one who is sent on a mission, like you've been commissioned and sent and you have a job to do to represent the light of Jesus to that world? Or you're just like, yeah, I go places and do things. I come home and I'm really tired and the day's over. We want to be a, a movement of people finding their way back to God. And that means that we want to be intentional and contagious with the gospel. And that means that when we wake up in the morning, we're not going to be perfect, but we're going to say, I'm sent today. I'm sent to that company. I'm sent to Cardinal Health. I'm sent to Ohio State. I'm sent to be a teacher with these kids and these these parents because that's where God wants me. I've been sent to this neighborhood to see Jesus transform lives. I want to just ask us as we close here, that if, if, you, uh, if you'll pray with me, bow your head and, and close your eyes. But I want to ask if, if you've kind of just let your, your, your passion for your mission field lapse. I want to ask you to, uh, 
to raise your hand here in a second. And I, I want to pray for people specifically who would say, I want to be on mission in my mission field. Now you could say, why don't you just pray for everybody and get off the stage? And why do we have to raise our hands? My arm might get tired because I want there to be some sort of tangible action. I, I want us to be able to say, yeah, I've let my mindset slip and I haven't viewed my, my life as a mission. I haven't viewed my career as a mission. I haven't viewed parenting and living in my neighborhood and living in my dorm as a mission. And so if, if you want to re-engage, if you want to be a sent missionary and you want to view your life as a mission field, I want you to just raise your hand this morning and, and say, I'd love, love to be sent. I'd love for you to pray for me. If you're someone who wants to view your life and career, the places you go as a mission field, just put your hand up and I'd, I'd love to pray for you as we close. God, I pray for the hands that are raised this morning. Lord, I know that you have called us out of our sins. You've called us out of that previous life and you've, you've said that we are sent children and we represent light. So God, I commission us as a church and we commission these people with their hands up. Lord, I pray that you honor their boldness. I pray that you will go before them in the conversations and interactions they have this holiday season. God, help them to, to not just view the things they do as programs and the places that they go as a job, but help us to view everything as a mission field. God, we pray that you will help us to take light to the world, to love you and to love people and to imitate you and to live in our DNA. God, we commission and send these people into their mission field. Lord, we don't know what that field is. We don't know everyone's job or the places you're challenging us with. But Lord, whether that's family, whether that's friends, whether that's a neighborhood, whether that's a workplace, God, we send them and we're excited about what you're doing. Lord, help us to represent the light. Help us to represent the gospel and share the gospel. Represent the fact that we're not perfect and we can't do everything, but Jesus, you change us. God, help us to point people to you this holiday season. Help us to view our life as a mission field and to be sent. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encourages you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com.